Welcome to the Triathlon ACT podcast, where you'll find out all the latest news, events, results, and backstory of all things triathlon. You'll also hear from the incredible people who bring triathlon in the heart of the nation's capital to life. And now your hosts, all the way from Canberra, Australia, Craig Johns and Emily Stacey. Welcome back to the Triathlon ACT podcast. It's Craig Johns, Executive Director of Triathlon ACT, and I've got Emily Stacey, Sport Development Manager. Emily, welcome. Hi, Craig. How are you going? Good, good. Hey, we, we got some great feedback from episode one. We've had over 150 downloads. It's pretty good. We only have a thousand members. That's it's very impressive, start. but I'm, I'm not entirely sure how many that my mum downloaded in that number. So uh, a few. Yeah. Biggest fan. That's okay. We're looking to recruit new members as well. So it's not just all about our members. So feel free to share it, get it out there, get people interested in what's happening in triathlon in the heart of the nation's capital. So Emily, over the last couple of weeks, you've been up to some really cool, exciting projects. So tell us a little bit about the CBR Women's Workshop. Yeah. um, So CBR Women in Sport is, it's a series of workshops. I think there's four of them that are running every month or so. And a couple of weeks ago, I went to one in Philip and it was led by, or they had a guest speaker who was Lee Russell, who is the... Swimming Australia CEO? Yeah, Swimming Australia CEO. And she was fantastic. Um, she spoke the, the topic of her presentation was for, for women and girls, you can't be what you can't see. And her argument was, well, you can, it just makes it harder. And so she discussed and talked about with with all of us, and there was a panel of speakers as well, um, about different barriers that she personally had experienced in her um, professional career, as well as her personal life as being a woman, and how she's overcome those. And it was just really fascinating and inspiring. So, and also talking about the importance of women supporting women, that we can do great things. And sometimes it, it, it comes down to where women, well, we can get a bit catty and tear each other down, but we need to kind of turn that around and really be supportive of each other in our endeavors. Brilliant, and this weekend talking about supporting others, we've got the Meaningful Inclusion Workshop. We do, yes, so that's down at the TACT office, which, will be nice and cosy. It's looking at ways that we can uh, develop our coaching and approach to uh, with people with special needs. So making sure that it's fully inclusive as much as we can, which is, I'm really looking forward to that. Great, and we've got nine people on that on that program this weekend, so exciting. Talking about other programs, we've got both Peter Simfendorfer from Vikings and Mary Setzma from Bilbies, and they have been selected to go to the Triathlon Australia Technical Development Camp at Royal Pines Resort on the Gold Coast. Sounds like a pretty nice place to go to me. And that's on at the end of this month. The camp will focus on team building, some scenarios, and, and looking about how they can improve their soft skills as a leader and also dealing in that technical space, which is really important. They do a great job, so exciting. Now, we've had a couple of clubs who have had their awards evenings. What's going on? Bilby's first, I think? Bilby, yeah, Bilby's first. I went along, it was last, two Saturdays ago. Um, And that was fun. So we had that at two before 10 in Civic, uh, where, yeah, it's just a really good night to, to come together, eat food, and the food is amazing. 
how good is food? And also, we an opportunity to recognise the achievements of individual members um, and ones that had been put forward for special special awards. So we had quite a few performance-based awards that were given out on the night. And what were they? Uh, so our novice of the year was Madison Barton. Oh, congratulations, Madison. So she's incredible. So very determined. She was actually hit by a car this season. Three days later, was back at running. She was sporting some very impressive bruises. It's commitment. It is, definitely. Uh, our most improved athlete was Megan Frail. So she went from being a novice to an Ironman she this season. She raced Ironman Cairns just over the weekend. Yes, she did. She's incredible. Under 11 hours, too. Ooh. What we, a debut. Yeah. So we had our volunteer of the year, who was Petroline, club person of the year, Joe Walsh, Strava Art Award. The Strava Art Award. Yeah. So if you, Ben Jowett won that for his Christmas reindeer. It's really cool, but I think he's he set the standard. We're going to get a few people going out to start making other pictures on Strava. We need to get a copy of that picture and put it up on the Facebook because that sounds like a great, Definitely. great idea. It was good. And we had, so something new with the Bilbies is the development squad. So after novice program, we have a development squad. And the athlete that took that award out was Brendan Woodburn. Uh, he's an incredible runner. I've, yeah, I mean, all three legs, but his running especially I've noticed on Strava has just really taken off. We have a look, mum, I'm a triathlete, which is the best photo. So that went to Pete Freeman. And I think on the Bilby's Facebook page, those, those photos might actually be up. It's definitely worth a look. And the club coach of the year, me. Oh, wow. It was amazing. Well done. Congratulations, so, Emily. That's exciting. You. Excellent. And we also had JT Multisport. They had their awards recently um, and they were raising funds for charity as well. They were. They had the. They were raising funds for the Anti-Cancer Project and they actually raised on their, their um, gala night over $2,500 for that project. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really good. It was a, a well-attended event, very fancy. Um, they had three awards that were given out on the night. The Female Performance of the Year, which went to Tracy Clinch for her uh, race at Malulaba. Uh, male Performance of the Year was Joanne Colin, and also at Malulaba. And then JT does a Values Award. So Paul Lesevich took that one out, which I think is a really good way to encourage members you kind of this is what we like to embody in our athletes and he definitely took that one out it's important because we get really focused on our performances but to actually acknowledge how are you living the values of the club and you know what people expect from each other yeah and it's not just people's performance that adds to the value of the club it's it mostly everything else so yeah good it was a really good night too Fantastic. Well, it's great. Congratulations to all those award winners at both Bilby's and JT Multisport. Upcoming in the next few weeks, we've got some juniors heading off to Victoria for the uh, for a special camp between Triathlon Victoria, Triathlon Tasmania and Triathlon ACT. So we've got Jordan Rauter and Abby Adera. They're heading down to that camp. I think there might be one more athlete that I'll find out shortly. And also announced today is the national calendar of national championships and also... Uh, the world qualifying series races so when you're listening to this podcast it won't actually be that today it was friday the 14th of june so check out the facebook on triathlon act and australia for those list of events all right that's 
a great interaction. Let's get on with the show. On your marks. Now, we've some great performances from ACT athletes over the last couple of weeks. Our Ironman Cairns, Megan Frail from Bilby's, in her debut Ironman, finished 7th in 35 to 39 age group. Ben Shepard from T3C in defence, finished 13th in the 30 to 34. And Craig Stocks, backing up from his great performance in Ultraman Australia, finished 53rd in the 50 to 54 age group, and he's from T3C. In the 70.3 event, we had Narelle Patrick get first in the 50 to 54 age group from Fit to Try and Fit. Rod Harrod from Vikings finished second in his age group. Congratulations to those people who um, also raced and competed in the events but didn't finish in the top three. We had Adam Rudgley, he's a, he's a broad and we'll hear from him shortly from T3C. He finished 35th in Bitbunga in the Bundesliga racing there over in Germany and he finished 13th over the weekend in Bartolino. Cullen McCluskey from T3C also finished first in the Dinner Pro European Cup race in Ukraine. Awesome performance there, Callum. And just this weekend, he finished second in Lakitio Bass Triathlon. Also, our coach, Corey Bacon from PTC, he finished fifth in his age group at Hawaii 70.3 a couple of weeks ago. He broke his aero bars and actually had to hold on to them during the ride. So to finish fifth in his age group was a fantastic performance. Well done to all those great ACT athletes who are racing over the last couple of weeks. So on this segment of Triathletes Abroad, we've got Adam Rudgley from T3C. He's currently over in Europe, racing and training there. He's uh, had a couple of races already. Adam, how are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Good. So you kicked off your Bundesliga um, stint in the German triathlon scene. How did that race go? Um, yeah, so the first race was Krakow. Um, that was 1st of June. Um, sort of went okay, considering I'd only been in Europe for a few days, but um, not the way I wanted it to, um, got caught up behind a crash and then lost 20 or 30 seconds on the last lap of the bike because of that and then finished up in 36. And what size of field, you know, so is what size, what's the race distances? How does it all work? Um, so Bundesliga is teams of 16 and five people per team and then the top four individuals per team score points. Um, so pretty big field of over 80 or so and, um, Sprint distance, so 750 swim, 20 bike, 5k run. Okay, so you're 36 there, and then you've raced over the weekend in Bartolino, and I think you picked up a 13th place, is that correct? Um, yeah, I finished 13th, so sort of, again, not really the result I was hoping for. Super hot, so sort of like mid-30s, and um, just was unlucky to miss the lead group of eight by about 20 seconds in the swim, and then chase pack wasn't working very well, so we lost time, and then I struggled a bit on the run. So obviously a big change from the minus degree temperatures here we're facing in the morning in Canberra. What's And so now you're based in Girona, you're training there at the moment. Uh, I think Connor Sproul is coming over as well in the next few days. What's the plan of attack over the next few weeks? Um, so yeah, in Girona until end of August and then it was travel away out to races and stuff. So I've got the second round of the Bundesliga in Dusseldorf on Sunday with Connor. So just sort of an easier week this week and then we'll head up to Germany and then back again. And then just sort of, yeah, solid block of training down in Girona. We're here with Cullen McCluskey from T3C. He's currently all the way around the other side of the world in Spain. Cullen, how are you? Hi, I'm good, Craig. Um, 
currently in um, in Victoria Gastes, which is about an hour south of, of Bilbao. Um, and it's a great little training environment for Australian athletes, I think, for the past eight years. Um, it's got everything you really need for a training environment. It's got great riding, great trails, and good pool facilities to use. Excellent. So you're over there with Mick Dalimont and a few other athletes. Who else is training with you at the moment? Uh, yeah, so under Mick Dalimont, and I'm training with um, fellow Australians, Luke uh, Lorcan Redmond, uh, Natalie Van Coverden, and Emma Jeffcoat. Excellent. Now, you've had some a couple of races already while you're over there. You Last weekend, you had a fantastic performance in Dinner Pro European Cup race. Tell us how that race went. Uh, yeah, so last week, I traveled all the way to, to Dnipro in the Ukraine. I got my first um, elite continental cup win, which Con- is great. Um, congratulations on that. And how'd the race go? Uh, so... Um, the swim was, was okay. I was in the second group, but luckily on the bike we worked really well together and, and we caught the small front group and I guess then it was just a running race and it was me and one other one other athlete going for the line and I made a move about 400 metres out and luckily I was, I was able to grab the tape. Excellent. Congratulations. And then over this weekend you had a local race in Basque Country, um, sprint distance as well. How did that race go? Oh uh, yeah, it was it was a good little hit out um, for future ITU races to come. Uh, it was a really hilly bike course um, in a and a beautiful ocean swim and you know a really tough run as well. So it's good to get those challenging courses done um, for to prepare for future races. Excellent. So you finished second to Luke Burns, another Australian athlete. So what's coming up next for you? Um, so next week I'm heading off to Morocco, um, you know, a short hour flight south of Spain to do an ITU race in La Roche. Um, and then the week after that I'm heading up to Holton Premium European Cup in the Netherlands. I've got Justin Drew here from Triathlon Australia. Overnight, we had an amazing performance from Jake Burt Whistle up at the ITU World Triathlon Series in Leeds. Justin, great performance from Jake. Yeah, morning, Craig. It was a great one for Jake, and um, I spoke to him not too long ago, and he was obviously um, extremely happy with that. He's been knocking on the door for a while, and to finally pull it all together, and he had an outstanding run to run away from the field that had all of the 2012 and 2016 um, podium place getters for the males at the Olympics. Yeah, look, it was certainly something Jake's wanted for a while. Um, and partly by design, he's had a slower start to the season, obviously, obviously a bit of strategy, but I know this one's been um, gnawing at him to get up for the win, um, particularly over the standard distance WTS race. So, uh, Great to see him um, achieve that, and and for him, certainly significance as, as he heads towards the um, the test event, which is the auto qualifier for the Australian team. On this week's Coaches Corner, we've got Dave Williams from Fortitude Performance Coaching talking about preparation the night before. G'day, Craig. How are you? Good. Yeah, mate. Uh, so I try and keep this one nice and simple. Um, uh, often, you know, everyone has uh, um, time constraints in their day, and uh, they've slotted out to, for example, 
they often try to say, look, I've got a full work day. The only time I can, I can fit a session in, like a run or something, is before work. Before work means 6 a.m. start, 5.30, nice and early. So uh, often when you get up at that time in the morning, we're not um, thinking clearly. We kind of be rushed or we've slept in, the alarms type of thing. So tip for this week is about being prepared, getting yourself prepared the night before when you're a little bit more calmer, you understand, you kind of get your shoes, your socks, your pants. If you look at the radar, it might be a bit cold, extra cold to make sure you've got some gloves or some uh, a beanie. If it's gonna rain, get a jacket ready. Have it all placed out the night before so that when you wake up in the morning, it's all there. You don't have to think about it too much. It's about putting it on, yep, out the door and away you go. Such a great tip and also, you know, we're a little bit health conscious generally as athletes, so it's also a good yeah. idea to maybe make your lunch and the food for the next day, the night before as well, isn't yes, it? Yes, which we often do, um, but you can extend that all the way through to um, your session that you're trying to gear for in, in the morning. Same for a swim as well, you can do the same thing. You know, make, make sure you've got your kit bag ready, your towels, your, your change of clothes, if you've got to go there straight from the pool to work or, or, and that sort of thing. Same, same thing applies. It's membership time. Certainly is. Membership renewals are now open. You can log in and you can manually renew your ACT membership and Triathlon Australia membership now. Auto renewals take place on 1st of July. And also, if you are someone new to the sport, you can also now become a member and sign up to your club, Triathlon ACT and Triathlon Australia, all in one go. For coaches, something new this year, you have re-accreditation, you would have received an email, so make sure you check that out, follow through that process. It takes a little bit of time, but and there's just some a few things that you need to make sure you're up to date with, and that's important because athletes need to ensure that their coaches are doing the right things and are continually evolving and educating themselves. This week on Out and About. We're here at the Triathlon Inclusion Workshop with Glenn Sturcep from Bilby's. Glenn, what did you find really useful from today's session? I think today's session was really good at highlighting that most people um, of various uh, abilities are able to participate, um, whether or not they, they have a disability, um, physical, intellectual, the rest of it. It's more about the club and environment and coaches going through a uh, process, talking to the person um, and trying to adapt both the uh, situation and training to that um, particular person. So it's really exciting to maybe expand what we offer to um, people with, with different abilities. It's important you know, that, that being agile and being adaptable is such an important part of being a coach. It doesn't matter yeah. whether you work uh, with, with which athletes you're working with, whether they're young or old or whether they have a disability or not. And you know, I think what for you kind of shone through when we talked say around that autism aspect? I mean, for, for the autism aspects, um, and, and really for all of it, um, a lot of it was actually exactly the same as it is for most athletes. Everyone is their individual, they're at uh, different places and points in time. You have to be very clear. Uh, for autism in, in particular, it's about communication, clear communication, um, being very precise with what you say. Anyone can get confused, but it becomes more important in those sort of scenarios. Triathlon ACT has some amazing sponsors and partners with Sport and Recreation Canberra, Triathlon Australia, Proximity, 
EY, Rolf Classic BMW, Sports Care and Physiotherapy, Canberra Southern Cross Club, The Runner Shop Canberra, Red Hill Super Express, H2O Marine, Lonsdale Street Cyclery, Elite Energy Events, Virgin Australia, Project Clothing, Training Peaks and Star Outdoor. Just remember, if you're in Canberra and you want some new running shoes, The Runner Shop currently has a winter sale on, so go in there and check them out. The starting line. This is for those people who are pretty new to the sport and today we're talking about training buddies and just how important they are. It can be quite hard to motivate yourself to train all the time, especially when it's cold and dark. And it's so much easier to get out of bed if you know that there is someone out there waiting for you. Training with a friend can make your sessions more fun. Yes. Suffering is better shared. <laughs> you're also less likely to get bored as just chatting and encouraging each other can help pass the time more quickly. It's a great way to make friends. And I've done this, made like almost complete strangers and become training buddies and I've made some pretty good friends. It's particularly relevant if you've just joined a new club. Training together is a great way to get to know someone while out training, I think you are less likely to worry about saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. You're more open and you might be equally suffering to the top of the hill. So shared experience is um, a definite benefit of training with someone. And it's a, yeah, a pretty special thing. So whether it's the suffering, whether it's the sunrise, or whether it's the coffee at the end of your ride, everything is better with a friend. Whistleblower, this is where we talk about rules and making sure you're aware of some that you may not be aware of. This week we're talking about full attention, not using any equipment that will distract the athlete from paying full attention to their surroundings. So you may not use communication devices of any type, including but not limited to, mobile phones, smartwatches, headphones, and two-way radios in any distractive manner during the competition. A distractive manner includes but is not limited to making and receiving phone calls, sending and receiving text messages, and for those that can't stop working, emails, or even using social media, or for those that like photography and like the scenery as you go along, you can't take photographs. Using a communication device as a distractive manner during a competition may result in disqualification, and we don't want that. This week's Club Spotlight, we're talking with Transcend Multisport around what their club does. I'm here with Guy Jones. Guy, tell us about Transcend Multisport. So uh, when I started Transcend Multisport, I, I wanted to create an environment where uh, everyday uh, age group athletes of all levels could, could get high quality, science-based coaching and support, uh, individualized to their unique circumstances and goals. And I wanted to keep that really accessible. So, so it was something that, that everyone had access to. Excellent, so we're focusing on age groupers here and you're based in Canberra. Generally, how many athletes do you have in your squad? Is it a big squad, medium squad, small squad? So we're quite a small squad at the moment. So from time, you know, any, from time to time, anywhere between kind of 12 and 20 people, um, you know, just depending on, on, on what races are coming up, whether people in off season and the like. And so for you, with your club, you know, what values do you focus on? So we work really hard on nurturing um, a culture of respect, inclusiveness and integrity. And integrity isn't just about, I guess, you know, morals. It's about, it's about the way that you approach your training and the way that you approach your goals. 
um, and, and also the way that you, you kind of, uh, you help others with their goals. So, so our athletes are really um, good with supporting each other um, in achieving their goals and it doesn't really matter how big or small those are. So we've got athletes who are, who are elite athletes, who are chasing international titles, down to people who just want to do their first 5k running race. Excellent. So you're catering for a broad range there. And they come together on, you know, do you have sessions each week? How does that kind of work? So we have a number of, of group training sessions throughout the week and we also have a focus on, um, on skills in our club. So really focusing on, on developing the skills of our athletes over time um, to, uh, to complement the, the training programs that they're, um, that they're working towards. Excellent. And you also have some one-on-one type online coaching as well. So you're developing it out, specific training programs for each person. That's right. So fully customized, um, utilizing, um, you know, uh, great online tools like, uh, like Training Peaks and, and Beretta Training, um, fully customized to the individual and, and what their needs and goals are. Excellent. And can athletes join your club at any time of the year? Yep, they certainly can uh, through the uh, Triathlon Australia membership portal. Excellent. Now with Transcend Multisport, is... You know, for you, when they come in to, to join the, the squad or join the club, do they go through a certain process of, you know, they sit down with you? How does that all work? So with, with, with our new athletes, uh, we'll, we'll try and meet up for a coffee and I'll have a chat with them. I also provide them with a, with a questionnaire to fill in, which just gives me a little bit of insight into, into where they're at athletically at the time, but also what their goals and values are um, and what they're hoping to achieve out of, out of a relationship with us. Excellent. So if you're looking for a club that provides specialized coaching design around your specific needs, as well as having group sessions, then contact Transcend Multisport at uh, info at transcendmultisport.com.au. How stuff works. This week, we've got Justin Drew, who's in, who's in charge of the high performance program for Triathlon Australia. And we're going to talk about how athletes in Australia qualify for the Tokyo 2020 Olympics. Justin, can you talk us through how the process works? Yeah, sure, Craig. Um, there's probably two components that are relevant, um, which is a little bit different across this Olympic cycle to previous Olympic cycles. Uh, and, and mainly that's due to the introduction of mixed relay as a new discipline. So um, countries qualify quota now initially by mixed relay and without going into uh, the finer details of that there's an opportunity if you're ranked within the top seven nations over the mixed relay point score and world series you'll qualify your two initial quota positions per gender Uh, the third quota position is qualified by any nation that ranks three individuals in the world top 30 based on the individual olympic qualifying ranking so the Olympics itself and then the selections for individuals will be very much framed by that quota um, first and then we move into what amounts to the individual selection process which in the case of Australia is the test event coming up this August in Tokyo. Um, The qualification there for automatic is a top three finish So obviously for all our athletes, they firstly want to be on the start line for the test event, um, and then it's up to them to put their hand up and put it beyond uh, reasonable doubt that you're going to the Olympic Games with basically a 12-month window to prepare. The rest of our policy then drops back to discretionary, and we will select late, and that might have implications based on quota qualification, individual tracking, and also mixed relay performance. So this year throws in 
well, sorry, this Olympic campaign throws in so, uh, you know, that different um, aspect with having the mixed team relay. So I imagine those discretionary spots are going to come down to both you know, how well you can get the mix of performing in the, uh, in the individual event versus who are the best athletes for that team event because it is a lot shorter race. Right, and, and I mean, I think, I think where we sit as a nation, I mean, we have a commitment and a belief that we have the athletes to perform individually um, and definitely believe uh, we head towards the Olympic as, Olympics as a genuine medal prospect in mixed relay. Um, you know, Commonwealth Games gold medalists and haven't finished worse than second in the last five world championships in mixed relay means you, you want to prepare um, to, to be successful in Tokyo. Excellent. Thanks, Justin. We've got an exciting uh, next 12 months of qualifying for the Australian Triathlon uh, athletes, and it, they're doing exceptionally well right now. So we look forward to seeing who's on the team in Tokyo in 2020. What's happening, Emily? Oh, a lot of things, Craig. We have the annual awards coming up on the 28th of June. The special award finalists have been announced, and they're on the website. In the latest news section on the homepage, the Young Women's Leadership Program is on the 13th of July. Registrations have closed. We will be the attendees have been announced. So check them out. They're also in that homepage news section. Cool. The Development Coach course, which will be held at the AIS on the 20th and 21st of July and then the 7th and 8th of September. Registrations close on Sunday the 23rd of June. So it's only a few days away, so make sure you get signed up for that. We've then got the Foundation Coach course on the 17th and 18th of August. Registrations close 21st of July. Um, you can register for those now. Uh, and this one's an event that I'm toying up with doing, the Sri Shimnoi Off-Road Duathlon on the 4th of August. And if you keep listening to this great episode, you'll hear from the race organizer, Prashar Stigman, later on the show. Great insight into how triathlon started in Canberra and the early days, right through to their events they still run. And ACT Duathlons, 14th of September. Make sure you start registering now. We're here today with Prashar Stigman from Sri Chimnoy. He's been He's a life member of Triathlon ACT. He's been in the sport for a very, very long time. And I have the privilege today of bringing you his story and a bit of background around the races. Thanks very much, Craig. It's, very, it's great to be here. Excellent. So tell us a little bit how you got into triathlon. Well, I started, um, I was a music student, so it's got nothing to do with triathlon, I know. I was studying uh, classical piano and I felt the need to learn to meditate to help me with my uh, studies and especially with my performance. So that's what first got me in, into going to meditation classes. Those meditation classes happened to be run by the Sri Chinmoy Centre. At the time I knew nothing about Sri Chinmoy or the Sri Chinmoy Centre, I was just going to meditation classes and I certainly didn't have any idea they were involved in um, athletics and, uh, and running and triathlons. But at the time I first started coming, which was in 1982, uh, the Sri Chinmoy Marathon team had actually just put on the first public triathlon in Australia. Wow. Uh, a couple of years before that. And where was that? That was uh, in Adelaide in 1981. And then one of uh, the local uh, athletes, um, Jeff Llewellyn, approached us in uh, 1983 to say, look, why don't you guys put on a triathlon here in Canberra? Because it's an ideal location. You've got a great lake. 
fantastic roads, excellent um, bike paths for the running. He's the one, Jeff Llewellyn is the one who selected the site of uh, Yarramla Bay and suggested that's where we should look at. So in uh, January 1984, the first uh, triathlon ever held in the ACT was held, uh, the Shri Chinmoy Triathlon. It was, uh, in those days there weren't standard distances of triathlon. So I think it was 2.3K swim, something like a 55K bike and a 16K run. I could be wrong on that, but it was something like that. Uh, there were 55 competitors. Um, there were change rooms. You, you, you stopped and changed in between the swim and the bike. Um, and it bucketed rain the whole, the, whole, the whole day. It was a really tough experience as an organiser. At the end of it, we all swore that we would never, ever do it again. <laughs> Brilliant. And so, you know, progressing from there, that, that was kind of really early days triathlon mm -hmm. globally, let alone Australia. But yes. it was just starting out. You may have had that. It was a Nepean triathlon in at that point? Nepean had started, yes, uh, I think the year before. Yeah, so it was all early days and, and obviously from that event that grew quite rapidly and the Sri Chimnoi well, Triathlon Weekend, I, I'm not sure exactly what it was called, became one of the biggest triathlon events in Australia. It was, yeah, right through the 90s. Um, as I say, it was 55 athletes the first year, the next year there were 200 and something, the year after 400, so it went like that. Um, and then in 1990, we added the what was called the mini tri, which was a sprint distance triathlon, um, as a way of sort of giving more people an opportunity to participate. By that stage, the longer race had evolved into what's now known as the long course or half Ironman distance. Um, and then we just kept adding races and it became a three-day event uh, with eight races at one stage, with short races for, the, for kids, um, an off-road, triathlon and behind it all there was a three-day ultra triathlon which you could do as well which was 15k swim 400k bike and 100k run so the ultraman australia is short now it's not even as long as what it used to be that's right yeah that was the longest triathlon we've had in australia and that yeah that lasted about six or seven years but due to um not a very high demand for that race yeah. it just wasn't sustainable to keep it going and so back then in those early 90s or, or even late 80s, early 90s, there were some phenomenal triathletes here in Canberra and oh, you had were. some really big names. You know? Yeah, we did. Um, most of the big names in Australia came and, and raced uh, that race over the years. My, my memory is pretty hazy, but you know you could uh, pick out any names and, and they all came to race, uh, certainly through the 90s. The likes of Galen Clues, you, yes, Rod Sedaros would have been racing yes. here. Uh, I know, speaking to Miles recently, yes. he came down to Canberra quite often. He used to love that race out of Yarralumma as well. He did, won, he won the long course race, yes. So, so back in those early days, and, and for those listeners that are fairly new and raw to triathlon, mm -hmm. uh, you could race without a top on. So we used to see guys racing in just speedos. Yes. And I know when I was growing up through that period in New Zealand, there was quite a bit of angst when that rule came into to place a cover, you know, you place a shirt over top of the torso, you to cover it. Yes. And was that the same in Australia? Like, is it was that a challenging rule change, or did people just accept it and it went straight in? I think for most people, it wasn't a wasn't a big deal. I said, there's there's always going to be the odd individual who's got issues with any rule or any yeah. rule change. You know, if you get used to something, then then you don't like to see it changed. But. Uh, I was never aware of anyone being upset about it. Yeah. Okay. And and so you know now you've got your triple triathlon mm -hmm. and you have the off-road duathlon here. 
uh, are kind of the two events that are left. When did the triple try begin? And you know, for me, it is. I never heard about it until I arrived in Canberra. But yes. to me, it's one of the most phenomenal races in the world. It's a race which is really unique to Canberra, and it was uh, conceived out of being in Canberra. Um, it was first held in uh, actually 1995. We had a trial with just five teams, just uh, you know, no entry fee, no official, just to sort of uh, see how it went, um, and. The feedback we got from that was encouraging. So 1996 was the first official triple triathlon. Um, by that stage, we were starting to have issues with the on-road uh, triathlons, um, with traffic and traffic management and, and so many other things. And we were just attracted to the off-road uh, style of event. And with Canberra having three lakes, um, you know, I had the idea, let's connect the three lakes, let's have a swim in each lake, and then you realise that, gosh, in between you've got all these wonderful areas of uh, nature reserve that you can connect with mountain bikes and off-road running. So the event just kind of was created by Canberra's natural environment. And, and for those listening, it is three back-to-back triathlon events. Uh, I think the record for the guys is around 10 hours. 25 just- minutes, yep and which is set just recently yes. uh so it's a very challenging event it's you know it's had extremes in the weather over the years i i know my first year here it had to be cancelled because it was 39 degrees and yes. and i'm sure it's had some cold weather as well being in november yes it is it is variable you do get your very hot days and your cold and windy and very rainy days as well but we've also had some fantastic days um it's it's an event that canberra athletes love because it showcases you know everything about why we love to live in Canberra and train and race in Canberra. Um, you know, I think all triathletes will train on some of the tracks that are used in the, in the course of the triple triathlon. Um, out your back door, you know, you'll be five or 10 minutes away from one of the tracks, be it on Black Mountain or Mount Majura or Mount Ainsley or Farrah Ridge or, you, you know, all of these areas are um, beloved by Canberra athletes. So to have the opportunity to race on in our own backyard is a great um, is a great thrill. Yeah, definitely. So, so for you, were you a tri like did you compete in triathlons in the early years or or right through? No, uh, I was never a triathlete. I mean, I've done a couple of triathlons, yep. uh, sort of to prove that I could because I was never a swimmer. Um, I have a running background, so that that was I was always more interested in in running and more or less got involved in triathlons because we had this event you know and um and i loved organizing it i loved the challenge the logistic challenge and also of course the people um triathletes and athletes in general are very uh motivated and very um aspiring you know they're, they're looking to live life to the full and that's what that's what we love to see so it's um it's always challenging it's always very rewarding to be involved with uh, these type of challenging events and what i love about these events is you know we've seen the advent of Ironman and Challenge and ITU where everything's about how it looks and it's you know there's a lot involved in those big races but what I love about the Sri Chimnoy races is it's raw it is simple it is grassroots it reminds me of when I started in the 80s and it's got that special unique touch to it that a lot of people keep coming back to because of that really real community feel and that sort of low profile aspect to it 
So it's fantastic that you've kept those ingredients as part of your races. Well, thanks. That's good to hear. <laughs> um, but you're absolutely right. You know, we're not the Shrewsbury Marathon team's not a is not a business. Uh, we don't put on races to make money. And I guess I mean I totally understand if you're a business and you're putting on a race to make money, you've got a different uh, approach. Um, you know, you've got to make a profit. You want to. You, of course, we want athletes to come and do the races, but we're not looking to create an atmosphere uh, that is going to generate revenue. We're looking to create an atmosphere where athletes have the best opportunity to, um, to do their best race. And so I guess our motivation's different and our inspiration is different. Why? The reason we put the races on. So, I mean, there's room for all kinds of races. There's there's room for the big razzmatazz, uh, you know, loud rock music at the finish line um, type of event. Um, but there's definitely room for the simpler, humbler, uh, back to nature type events that we like. And for me, when I first got on, did the off-road duathlon or went and saw mm-hmm. it as part of a team, the really cool thing for me at the finish line was probably the best recovery food I've seen. And it are these gigantic pancakes. Where did, how did that start out? Uh, good question. We've always had food at our triathlon festivals, you know, at the finish, like at the end of the finish, as a triple triathlon, there's a, a buffet. Uh, we have a vegetarian restaurant in Dixon, My Rainbow Dreams, a little plug there for anyone opposite the Dixon <laughs> Post Office, pop along if you want to have a good uh, vegetarian meal. So we've got a lot of good cooks in our um, organization. Um, it's all vegetarian food, that's part of our philosophy. So uh, a lot of athletes are also looking to eat well and to eat healthy food. So we've always had that aspect of the events, um, uh, the larger events. We started doing pancakes. Actually, it was our sister organization in Melbourne, um, the Sri Chimur Marathon team there that first started doing the pancakes and it was a big hit there. So of course we copied them and started doing pancakes for our running events and for the off-road duathlon and a few others. For the, for the um, uh, trail run series, for example, because they're held a little later in the day, we have uh, a burger, um, sort of a brunch. Brilliant. You've got the off-road duathlon coming up on August the 4th. Yes. Sunday, August the 4th. Do you want to explain to our listeners what's involved and how they can find out more information? Definitely. What's involved uh, is off-road duathlon. It's a genuine bush race in the heart of the city. Um, all around Black Mountain Peninsula. Um, In what is a very rare uh, incidence, the first run is held in the National Botanic Gardens. It's the only sporting event that's ever been allowed to happen in the National Botanic Gardens. Uh, So that's a rare thing to be able to run, excuse me, to be able to run around there. Then the mountain bike course and the second run course are all on tracks and trails around Black Mountain. There's a long course and a short course option the short course option is relatively straightforward, I would say suitable for beginners and, and kids. Um, whereas the long course, especially the second run, is, is really tough. You know, so if, if, if you want a, a, a bigger challenge, go for the long course. If you want something simpler or faster, go for the short course. And you can do it in teams of two with a runner and a biker teams up. And if you want more information, uh, au.shrichinmoyraces.org is our website. Excellent. And we'll put that link in the show notes and obviously you can find it on the Triathlon ACT 
website as well. Prashant, thank you very much, not just for coming on the interview today, but for the amazing work that you and your team have done for triathlon and endurance sports, because you do a lot of running here as well since the early 80s, so 1983, the first event, right through to now, still going strong. I imagine it's the longest running uh, triathlon series in Australia. It's not the longest running triathlon, mm-hmm. I see, maybe, but the longest running triathlon series. So we thank you so much. And, and as I said earlier, life member, and just it's an absolute privilege to be able to speak to you today. It's my honor and my privilege. And uh, we wouldn't still be doing it after all these years if it didn't give us a tremendous amount of uh, satisfaction and, and, and inner reward as well. So we do it because we love it and um, we'll keep doing it because we keep on loving Emily, that's a wrap. What a great show. It's amazing. You know, we're in the middle of winter. Everyone thinks nothing happens in triathlon. But as you would have heard today, there's so much going on. Yeah, there's so much going on. So much so, actually, my head is full. I actually missed something earlier. So with the Bilby's Awards, outstanding achievement went to Michael Quinn. 12 marathons in 12 months. What? And he's now training for an Ironman. This guy could not swim when he came along to to start triathlon. Excellent. Maybe he should have done 12 ocean swims in 12 months (laughs) to work on his swimming. Maybe that's his next task as he leads into Ironman. So we look forward to seeing how he's going. Um, It's exciting. So we look forward to seeing everyone at the Triathlon ACT Awards on the 28th of June. Make sure you come along. Tickets are still available. We've opened them up until the end of this week. So make sure you get on in and come and celebrate the amazing achievements and talk about all the exciting stuff that's going on, especially on the Triathlon ACT podcast. So, Emily, thanks for your time. Yeah, no worries, Craig. It's been great. I enjoy this. Be a part of the Triathlon ACT community by visiting www.triathlonact.com.au. If you enjoyed this episode of the Triathlon ACT podcast, we encourage you to share it on Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn and leave a review on your favourite podcast app. We would love to hear from you, so please feel free to contact Craig or Emily at director at act.triathlon.org.au with your feedback, questions and suggestions. Be sure to check out the next episode of the Triathlon ACT podcast.